Hello, I'm Leah Householder. I'm a leader on our technology and data science team at Cineos Health. One critical part of my job is our annual trends report. It gives me the unique opportunity to talk with hundreds of experts who work on the front lines of healthcare around the world and interrogate the latest data and technology to not only anticipate change, but to influence it, to know it, to be more prepared when it arrives. 2023 will be a year of renewal and reimagining. After the last few years, our senses are sharpened around what we need to learn. Let's learn together. Welcome to the Cineos Health Podcast 2023 Health Trends Edition. Welcome, Ewan. I'm so glad that you're here to talk with us. And the first thing you're going to do is pronounce your last name as I failed it. <laughs> so it's Ewan Cuthbertson. Thank you. But I work in Europe, so I get called Ewan, Ewan, <laughs> Ivan, and I answer to all of them. So don't worry. I think I heard one of those on Star Wars. It was Ewok. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm really glad to talk to you today. A new field for the field force is the trend that we decided to talk about together. And it's great to have a chance to really dig into the field with someone who understands how things work on both sides of the Atlantic. And for our listeners who don't know, if you could just tell us a little bit about who you are, where you work in the organization, and catch us up a little bit of what some of your clients and colleagues are talking about today. Well, thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. So as I say, you and Cuthbert, and I work out of Europe. So I look after what we call in Sunnyas our deployment solutions, which is basically our field-based medical and promotional teams across countries in Europe. And come from a background in big pharma and medical technologies over many years. So trying to apply them there, bringing solutions in the European markets. So when I talk to clients and colleagues about this particular trend, I tend to speak of it as a bit of a re-emerging. And I'll say it this way. If you imagine a person who is entirely energized by spending time with people, yet find yourself trapped on the other side of a closed door, looking at a video screen or yet another text message for years, First of all, I don't know who you're imagining. Are you imagining a field representative or you are imagining a healthcare professional? Maybe both. But this year, finally, maybe last year to some extent, the doors are continuing to swing open. I think the latest number I saw is some 73% of physician interactions are happening in person. Even in, in immunocompromised areas like oncology, we're seeing in-person visits climb up to the 69% level at leading institutions and maybe more like half in the rest of the category. So while those numbers differ by region and country, I think there are a lot of questions to open up there in terms of what does the shift mean to the people involved, whether you're thinking about your field, the people you want to retain, or you're thinking about healthcare professionals, what's important to keeping those doors open and how is their world really changing? In some ways, a simple solution with a very complicated answer, because by definition for asking for one, we're assuming there's a homogeneous or a single point answer. And actually, the most interesting thing has been watching how different countries and geographies are responding at the moment. And there's certainly very different trends going on at the same time. A couple of examples. If you look at the United Kingdom at the moment, mm -hmm. it had a decreasing and fairly low accessibility to healthcare professionals before the COVID pandemic. That's just been compounded. We've now got the situation in the UK whereby traditional face-to-face -face activity on target customers is now so low to start making it a question mark and return on investment. We've got to think broader than the traditional model hmm. if we're going to see our customers at all. If you go to the opposite extreme and you take Italy, Italy was a country that before COVID had very low levels of any type of digital engagement, very traditional high activity levels from traditional sales forces. During the COVID crisis, we saw the most remarkable change where from a standing start, we saw digital take over and actually do better than in many other countries in Northern Europe where it had been more established. 
In the UK or in Italy? Or? In Italy. In Italy. Italy was a strange one. It swung to digital, but then it swung back very quickly to the traditional models of face-to-face -face and things. Now, it's not back to where it was pre-COVID, but it's still very high. So, you know, you're learning that the mix, the communication mix when we're talking to our customers is different by country. It's different by therapy. It's different by stage on the life cycle for a product. And it's very importantly different by the healthcare professional's own preferences. Mm -hmm. And we need to consider all of them when we're deciding on a Salesforce activity plan or how to deploy. The way I think about it nowadays, and, and you do need to think about it by country, by geography, is when customers come to me and ask about a sales team, I often try and refocus the question by saying, well, actually what they're asking me for is a way to communicate to their customers, to the mm -hmm. healthcare professionals. The answer may not be a traditional sales team it's probably more likely to be a mix. So if you start with the mindset of how do I better communicate the following messages to healthcare professionals, and you start from the communication, not from the sales force, you might come up with different answers with different mixes. It's probably the most common question I get asked by pharmaceutical companies about the appropriate mix. Mm -hmm. And the answer I'll always give them is, I'm not sure there's such a thing. I don't think there's a formulaic way of working it out. As I said, it's variables such as the asset, the life cycle, where you are. But that's our job to try and create that mix. And it will change over time as well. So whatever we set up at the establishment, it's got to be flexible enough. Field force, the communications of any other type has to be flexible enough to adapt over time. It sounds complicated, but it's great fun because it means you have to sit down and really think about what are we trying to achieve? What are we trying to communicate through which channel? So we have proper tailored content through the right channel with the right frequency to the healthcare professionals' needs and preferences. Well, you brought so many other questions to mind for me, but I, I do have to remind you, one of the most fun email conversations I had in Q4 was me asking you what was going on with the UK in terms of access. Yeah. Okay. So tell me a little bit more, like why is that particular country so difficult for the field to have in-person conversations with? Is there some different dynamic than you saw in Italy as an example? It's not a different dynamic. It's probably just a more extreme version of what we're seeing I elsewhere, see. if I'm honest with you. The access to healthcare professionals, as I say, was declining before COVID. So COVID has just poured petrol on a fire that was already burning. Mm -hmm. And we've also seen a national health service in the UK, which is under unprecedented pressures. Our healthcare professionals are struggling big time. Not that they're not elsewhere, but it's very difficult. And we're just not getting access. When you go and ask for access, you're not. You need a really good reason. It needs to be very focused reason why you're going to see a healthcare professional to find that time. But I'll give you a counter to it. If you look at the total activities with healthcare professionals in France and in the UK, mm -hmm. they're broadly the same. What is actually different is the mix. The face-to-face -face in the UK is low, but it's also got three times the level of video interactions by healthcare oh. professionals. And of course, you've got your email and other additional channels, often self-drawn by the healthcare professional. So France will have higher face-to-face, -face, but lower than others. The total activity level is broadly the same. So it is about the mix, not necessarily just about the access to one particular channel. Interesting. We pulled some data from the field, I believe, in the U.S., and what we looked at was as the rate of in-person engagements went up, yep. the level of remote visits was declining, but not as fast. So there was a moment, or maybe there continues to be a moment, where we actually have more access than we did before. It just looks different between channels. Yes, and I would say that raises another question, which I'm not sure I've got an answer to, but it's one I'm struggling with, which is, if I look in, I'll take an example again from Italy, where we saw in COVID face-to-face -face going down to zero 
digital and remote engagement going up to mm-hmm. quite substantial levels. When we came out, we didn't want to switch straight back. Right. By definition, often the controls of COVID meant we had to phase it back to some new normal. What we found was the sales reps set the strategy. They flipped it back straight to face-to-face. They suddenly stopped doing remote calls. They could do remote calls. They were equipped to it. They'd been doing it for the previous eight months. But their behavior was they switched back to what they knew, which wasn't what we wanted or expected. We expected it to be a new normal based around customer preference. And we didn't see that. Now, that's what we're seeing in other countries. When we start digging into it, we've got to take out first the rep impact in that they are often reverting to type and reverting to the status quo pre-COVID days. Now, that may no longer be right and appropriate. So the question I have now is, what is that rep of the future? What Mm -hmm. is the skill mix they need to be able to work remotely, digital, triggering digital assets, seeing face-to-face and all that stuff, but also with the attitudinal and behavioral thing that allows them to flex that? And are the people who've been doing the job for 20 years in one way the right people to do the job for the next 20 years in a more variable and flexible way? Because as I've said, there's so many variables. I'm not sure it's one size fits all. We've got to have a communication plan built around the healthcare professional of which the rep is one or maybe at best the delivery in some parts or the trigger of other digital content so that it remains pertinent and it mixes to an overall communication path. Well, I hear great things from the people who work with you and for you about how you're able to coach and mentor teams. I wonder if you have any particular advice around that. I'm thinking it's one thing, and we do this together all the time, like it's one thing to teach the data how to figure out what the physician or the healthcare practice want and be able to leverage digital communication against that. How do you help the people? How do you help the people act on data the same way that triggers can act on data? That's the question I'm trying to answer. So I'm experimenting with that one at the moment. I've got an example of a team that's gone out recently, and we managed with the pharmaceutical client to have this discussion, this debate. And the client's original starting point was, we're not ready or equipped yet to do digital content. So the first thing was to get them and the reps to say, well, that's fine. I can recruit people that can work in your today's world. But I promise you in two years' time, you're going to be asking me for that digital content. So why don't we recruit to the future world where they are working in that mix or train to that world now so that when you decide to turn up, at least you've got the capabilities there. So working on those capabilities, do we train them or do we buy them or do we develop them is the fundamental. I've always been a believer in the past that give me someone who's a good salesperson and I'll teach them the technological side more easily than give me someone who's high tech and I'll have to teach them the soft skills stuff. I'm now beginning to look at that with the sales reps of the future saying, would I be better and working with clients to invest in younger, more malleable, potentially? I know this is a gross generalization. I don't want to say that <laughs> if you've been repping for a long time, you can't change your ways. But there's also a cost benefit to them. And I've had one client who's agreed with me to bring in a mixed team of mixed capabilities so we can look at that. Some youngsters in some countries where we're trying to teach them the technological and the skills to be able to mix that together and see if they respond better. They may prove to be a more malleable, flexible resource to that new world, but we're going to have to learn that in practice. So I don't have a definitive answer, but that's very much the question we're trying to answer in practice. It's a very interesting area for Cineos particularly to delve into because we have a lot of experience with that kind of behavior and bringing clinical research associates on in large classes, bringing project managers on in large classes and training them from the jump. Yes. 
And it's a great educational opportunity for them, I think, and a really interesting, flexible resource for us. So I hear where you're thinking. I hear where you're going. Absolutely. I think we can do that and we're going to enjoy doing that. But importantly, every week that goes by, I have additional anecdotes, case reports, et cetera, for clients who are looking at the same problem. Because in Europe, fundamentally, our clients are often coming to us to help launch new assets into that complicated world of Europe. We've been helping them navigate the complexities of Europe, get their early returns with my staffing. Now we're doing the same with the fuel force, the capability mix, the channel mix, the communication plan that goes along with that, often on fairly limited resources, to mm-hmm. be honest, at early stages. So we have to come up with some pragmatic plans and experiments for them um, that go forward. And that's part of the joy of the job. <laughs> well, you mentioned digital channels, and I didn't want to end this conversation without asking you specifically about email. Mm-hmm. So there's been a little bit of a headline, maybe a subheadline, running around email boxes lately about email may be the next access challenge. As physicians get weary of all of the additional email from patients, the additional email from industry, et cetera, and actually saying, you can't contact me that way. What are you hearing? What do you know? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, the world is closing down to email because, unfortunately, in a reaction measure during COVID, everyone's just started sending out volume, undifferentiated content, and as such started to hit barriers. And I'm not surprised that most healthcare professionals have started closing down that channel. Instead of just broadly talking about email, because some email does work, and we've got very strong evidence that rep-triggered, approved-triggered emails that are pertinent to what has just been talked about and the healthcare professionals expressed an interest in can have a very good impact. I think what you're talking about is undifferentiated spam, let's be honest. When you Mm -hmm. certainly get to a certain point of volume in that coming down in frequency, it's just spam. And we shouldn't be surprised that the doors have slammed and are slamming on that one. But there are other ways around it. I'll give you an example as well with it is emails in Europe, you need a permission to send an email. By sending out content to doctors asking for the permission, you don't get an answer. You get nothing. The only way we get permissions is through that traditional relationship. So the doctors we can talk to were off by email. One, I've already know the rep. They give permission to the rep to receive content on that specific subject. By definition, therefore, they've asked for information on that. The rep's sending them approved content to that, following that, and suddenly you've now got what I would call as an amplification. Mm -hmm. It's augmenting what the rep's doing. It's giving follow-up. It may be replacing some of the calls. So you have a mixed frequency, face-to-face, and email. So there is definitely a place for email, but we just have to use it smarter. We've got some very strong case studies of it being highly effective, but just pinging out emails to your contact list and permission list, I'm afraid I think that's gone too. I think that's actually counterproductive. Interesting. So one of my favorite clients, I think you know him, I won't say his name here, but one of my favorite clients told me that he's really been working with his organization to try to figure out what the rep of the future is, the Mm -hmm. digitally enabled rep, I believe is actually the term that he used. And he said the great thing about it is the opportunity is almost limitless, and yet nobody really knows what they mean by that term. Mm -hmm. What do you think that means? What are you trying to build to to enable your reps to have a digital toolkit that they feel confident using? They need to have a huge degree of inherent flexibility in mm-hmm. these people because the demands and the mix will change over time, over life cycle, over geography, over customer preference. They've got to be able to deal with that. In the old days of you will go and see A targets six times a year and you'll see B targets four times a year and then we'll put some content on it. I think that's quite an unsophisticated model. 
I think we need to start looking at that. One of my key ones is preference. There are examples of it going on. But when we ask for permission, let's talk to the customer about their preferences. At the very least, let's respect the customer and what we're doing and get the rep to build it around that. And marketing teams can help get the content right. But the rep of the future is going to have to deal with that and change the role. Mm-hmm. They might spend six months on a face-to-face only, an early launch to get some traction, then moving into a, a mixture of face-to-face and remote with triggered digital content, with pull-down content, et cetera, coming on. And I think that will change. And then they'll move on to the next product. And guess what? They'll join at a different part in the life cycle. And it might be all by the traditional model or 90% by digital. It has to be able to be flexible. That's the main thing. There's not one solution for it. Well, you and I've never had a bad conversation with you. And this one certainly didn't disappoint. Is there anything else you would love for our colleagues and clients to know about what you see for the year ahead for the field? It's a wonderful opportunity for us. I love having conversations with customers when things are not black and white. Customer coming to me saying, Ewan, can we have 12 reps in Spain? Well, the answer is yes, and we'll do that. (laughs) The person coming to me saying, and the conversations we're having with customers now that say, I want to better communicate with healthcare professionals in Spain. That's a great conversation. How? And you can start sharing your expertise, bringing people from across Cineos to bear, and there's lots of expertise to bring in to tailor a solution for them. If I'm making the message that when we talk to healthcare professionals, we need to be tailored and appropriate content, the same goes for our clients. When they sit down and say they want to talk to people in Spain, let's tailor it to what they need and their asset to get the best. That's a fun conversation. That makes our job great fun. So I'm excited about it. I really enjoy that. Well, I'm glad you're already having a good year out there and having great conversations. Thanks, Leah. That's all for today's episode of the Cineos Health Podcast. To learn more about our 2021 health trends, visit trends.health. Or if you have comments, suggestions, ideas, or just want to talk about a particular challenge at your life sciences company, please email us at podcast at I've been your host, Leah Householder, and we'll talk more again next time.